Guys, Don Jr., I'm back, episode four. So far, I've been super excited uh, about the response to Triggered. Uh, the podcast is going great. That's really in part, uh, certainly thanks to you guys. You've just been awesome. I really appreciate the support. Share it with your friends. I have a feeling not too many people are going to have my take on this or certainly be able to take it as far. So I'm really excited about that. I almost also want to thank our sponsors, GoldCo. Uh, go check them out. Go to goldco.com forward slash Don Jr. That's D-O-N-J-R. Uh, go check out that. Obviously, we're in times of crazy inflation. The economy is really going crazy uh, in a not so awesome way. We're on the brink of World War III with Russia. Uh, you know, gold, uh, silver, those tangible assets and precious metals may be an awesome uh, way to hedge against some of that insanity historically. So, you know, go check out goldco.com forward slash Don Jr. Uh, we want to make sure that those guys know the Don Jr. part's important. We want to make sure they know uh, that you guys are checking them out because of this show and that you're supporting them because of that. Because for them, they're going out on a limb, right? I say some stuff uh, that's going to offend a lot of people, and that's fine. Hence the name Triggered. But we want to make sure that those guys understand that you guys are watching it, that you're into it, you're checking this out, and you're checking out the options that they have for gold and for your investment portfolios through them. They're going out on a limb. So a whole part of the thesis of this show is really talking about and making sure we support the businesses that support us. We don't want to support the guys that take your hard-earned money and go give it to woke corporations and feed a woke BS agenda. Support those who support us. So go check out goldco.com forward slash D-O-N-J-R for all your needs. But now to the episode. I'm super excited about this one. A lot of similarities here, okay? Uh, Eduardo Bolsonaro, uh, the son of the former president of Brazil uh, in an election that many would call uh, as shady as the craziness that we were seeing here. Uh, Someone who's very political himself. He's actually taken a plunge a little bit further than me in that he's one of the most popular congressmen in Brazil. So we can talk all things about having uh, powerful dads. That can be a a rough one. I know you guys think it's a cakewalk, uh, but sometimes I feel like Hillary at the debates uh, throughout most of my my 45 years. But really excited to be here uh, with Eduardo talking about politics, talking about the similarities of the craziness uh, of the elections. You saw the popularity and the popular vote and the, the uprising. Again, that mostly peaceful, but the uprising of people that thought they were cheated through the nonsense. And I can't help but say, man, uh, this stuff seems to only break one way, and the similarities are really amazing. So I'm really excited about this one. Eduardo Bolsonaro, let's talk. Okay, guys. With that said, I want to welcome my friend, Eduardo Bolsonaro, How to, to Triggered. How's it going, buddy? Not that good, but life keeps going on. You know what? I, I share the same thing, right? I mean, uh, it's sort of amazing with Brazil and, and what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. The similarities are crazy, right? The yes. outcomes are almost identical in, in a certain respect. You had an election where the people, right, actual people, you know, we saw it, the, the popularity of your father, like mine, from real people, the working class, the, through the roof. You didn't see a single rally for the other side. You didn't see a single person show up for these things. And, and yet, 
they always manage to pull off the win by just the right amount needed. Yeah. Uh, tell me what's going on, because I want to talk about the systems uh, as well, because it seems it, it seems almost like we're going through the same thing at the same time against you know a common enemy, which is sort of this wave of socialism, Marxism uh, that's pushing. And I see even, frankly, you know, the U.S. helping Lula, who's yes. you know, siding with China. This and I'm wondering, a, what's going on? This is a crazy thing. I have to ask you why the Biden administration is so like excited to do conversation dialogues and be together with Lula administration, when everybody knows that Lula is going to be much more closer of China and other countries that actually are your enemies and enemies of the free speech, enemies of the freedom, all of that. It's just crazy. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that I don't know how to explain that because usually, what people would expect doesn't matter here in U.S. if you are left wing or right wing is that you are patriots. You care about your country. I know how how proud you are all the time with the American flag, and then you are supporting someone that will be like not together with you. Well, listen, the the American <laughs> flag thing, right? I mean, it, it's in America today. It's like controversial. I mean, that's like crazy. Now, I know Brazil also has a very a patriotic mindset. I mean, we just got out of the World Cup and you see the support. Has that gotten there yet where even within Brazil, if you were waving the Brazilian flag, that people would say, what's wrong with this guy? Because I, I see more yes. Ukrainian flags yes. in America yes. than I do American flags. Maybe not here in Florida, but certainly when I'm up north in New York. Is the same thing. The same thing happens in Brazil. Uh, first, we are not used to have the Brazilian flag everywhere. I have to... Talk a little bit about that. My father, you have a, you have a video of him coming here in US for the first time, I guess, in 2017 or 2018. He did a video in front of a house in Miami with the American flag, talking that, see, here in US, everybody's proud about their countries, and we don't have that in Brazil. Okay? Four so years later, but, so now, there's, now, not, now there's not a nationalistic pride in Brazil? Like, now, I, yes, now, yes. Now but yes. Is that because of your father, but it was actually at, at risk even perhaps before his administration? Yes, because the the perhaps administration they are like uh, they are like the left wing here, like they they, okay. they they are not nationalists. They want to you know oh globalization, let's bring everybody to our country, but they don't have the immigrants in front of their houses. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's the same role. What uh, I remember, I I even remember when I was in the students uh, action summit with the Charlie Kirk, with Charlie Kirk, mm -hmm. I was talking with the audience that. You have more responsibility here in the U.S. because all the Latin America, and for sure Brazil, we copy what happened here. So imagine something that you have here, like a transgender situation, you know, this thing about change the sex, neutral pronouns. First here, then, now we have in Brazil. Okay, so so is the U.S. is leading on that, but, yes. but that's an, are, are there children, same thing, where children without yes. parental consent are being sort of pushed by, whether it's yes. teach, someone who's an authority figure is pushing this... Yes. Sort of change your sex at 100%. 100%. The gender ideology is all everywhere on the schools. And this week in Brazil, we just uh, came up on the news that uh, you have uh, one to 200 kids of less than 12 years old doing the surgery to change the sex. So, well, the number is probably a lot higher in the US, but that, that's even happening. Because I mean, I still think of Brazil, you know. It's a, there's a macho culture. I mean, all that thing that yes. you're not allowed to have here anymore, right? I mean, you, you know, if I'm a male, you must eat soy. You must have a testosterone <laughs> below 100. You must be weak. Um, if you it, hunt, you're the devil. Oh, God, well, I know. We, I mean, we, we, we share that in common. We, we, we've, done, we've gone hunting together. We've, uh, I, I know, actually, big Second Amendment advocate. And I know that's still something that's a, a thing in Brazil. It is something actually, that we have a lot to talk about that. Because yeah. 
what the left wing say oh with less guns it would be easier to control you know the criminals who have less opportunities to buy a gun in the illegal market no no that's wrong but, but, the, but the notion of you know I, I don't want to call it maybe the second amendment because that's the US but there is sort of a strong affinity towards self-defense uh, yes. in Brazil as well as gun ownership and and that's being attacked by the left as well right sure with my father we change it uh, some of the presidential decrees and uh, some of the laws about the guns to give more access to the people is it still a lot you still have a lot of bureaucracy and it's very expensive very expensive but I can tell you easily we more than double size the Brazilian market now we have for us is a great step we have more than 1 million shooters registered in Brazil mm -hmm. we register in the army the shooters so it's a market that was you know to buy an AR it was there was a line of at least four to six months at least mm -hmm. to you get the chance to buy an AR in Brazil yeah. we just started with a national production of AR and on the other side if you look for for example the murder rate it came down, it's dropped for With more gun ownership. 34% less. It's not only a drop, I'm talking about 34% less. It's the biggest drop ever in the history of Brazil yeah. in the numbers of murders. And, and there is a, I mean, I think for those who don't know, I mean, Brazil, there's some rough areas, right? I mean, mm -hmm. murder rates are pretty high in certain parts of the country. And yes. so, I mean, so that's a huge statistic. I mean, 34% you know, drop in murder rate with the increase in gun ownership. Now, I think we could show similar statistics here in America, you know, in places where there's high gun ownership, uh, and yet there's a constant attack, right? The, the highest crime rates are in those areas with the strictest gun laws and the places that make access much harder, and yet they continue to push that agenda. It's, it's logical because the criminal is someone that thinks yeah. before he do his crime, he, you know, he look for the risks and where he has the better chance to, to commit his crime, to rob or whatever. So, if he thinks that you have a gun at home, he's not going to go together. I, I know that you are full of that. I know that you are full of that. So I, I, I only do like you to make sure that in Brazil is exactly the same. And sometimes even Brazilians come to me and say, Eduardo, in US, the Americans, they have more culture, more a better education. They can handle guns at home and all of that. And I say, man, look to Uruguay. Do you think Uruguay, they have a better culture than us Brazilians? Yeah. Because Uruguay is proportionally is where you have more guns per people in Latin America. And the hate of the murders is going down, like much, yeah. much, much better than Brazil. Well, Latin America is an interesting example because I know there are countries, some of your bordering countries, obviously Brazil is a huge mm -hmm. you know, country within, but some of your bordering countries also have very strict you know, anti-gun laws mm -hmm. and, and their crime rates are through the roof. You know, if you want to go a little bit further north, uh, yes. it's kind of a disaster. And, and you have a lot of, a lot of countries that, are, that you can, uh, you have examples about more guns, legal guns, I mean more guns you have less crimes like u.s switzerland paraguay paraguay they have very good murder uh, rates and it's very flexible you know the selling of guns the main problem of paraguay is on their border with yeah so the, the, the statistics are skewed because there's a border war or whatever it may be but that's mm -hmm. not necessarily exemplary of what's going on within the population in mm -hmm. terms of actual gun violence mm -hmm. yeah and the people like they want you know, to be male, do the self-defense, not because they think it's good, they will be on the news, you know, because this is natural. This is natural. What they try to do is like put unnatural things on inside of our family. For example, the gun control law that we have in Brazil is from 2003. During the approbation in the Congress of this bill, it was one of the hugest corruption scandal where the government of the Lula da Silva, when he was president for the first time, 
they were doing a monthly payment for representatives and senators to approve all of the bills of the, con of the government, of the administration at that time. One of these bills is the gun control. So in Brazil, it's very hard to, you, to have they, a gun. They slip it right in. Yeah. Uh, they gain their control. So, so you see a similar sort of attack on masculinity, even in Brazil, which again, I think of just, you know, maybe the example of macho <laughs> culture, but yes. they're trying to eliminate that. Yes, they, mainly by media. Bombing all the time, all the time, all the time, you know, articles coming on the nails, things saying, oh, look at this. Oh, on the other in, in Asia, it's becoming fashion. You'll be like a, a male, but with family, like, like, like a woman, the transgender surgeries and things like that. Oh, the toxic, I don't know yeah. if I have this term here, the toxic male. Toxic masculinity. Yeah, toxic yes. masculinity. Yeah, toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's always toxic until that guy's the guy going and rescuing people out of a burning building or yeah, in a flight. Yeah, yeah, Everyone's yeah. toxic until you, you know. Uh, I have you a neighborhood that's, that voted for Lula and I said, okay, man, if someone goes to his house and he comes to my house, I'll not help him. Help him. Well, that's you. So, you know, just so the viewership understands if they don't, I mean, you're one of the most popular congressmen in Brazil, mm -hmm. uh, as per votes, that's not just me saying that because yeah, I like yeah. it. That's that's actual. <laughs> that's actual fact. But you also had a law enforcement background, so you know we've seen all that. I mean, the the American attack on just masculinity in general. You know, it, testosterone is toxic. And it, you see the drop in the rates of people's testosterone across the country, and yet when the shit hits the fan, everyone's running to the guy with toxic masculinity to save their ass. Yes. Um, you know, so. I, I think that's right. I mean, I think when I go into sort of all over America, I, I see real people and they don't care about that. And yet it's such a talking point in the media. It's a talking point in academia. You know, it's, it's almost as though there's no truth to it whatsoever. And yet people are bombarded with it so much on their day that it's an attempt to change their views on it. And it's probably been pretty effective. Have, have mm -hmm. you seen that in Brazil? Yes. And this, this media strategy, I mean, if you, if you look at all the time, all the time, all the time, your brain naturally gets used with that. Yeah. He thinks it's common and it's changed your priorities. By the way, if I watch CNN for a couple of days just to see what the <laughs> I, I want to go shoot myself. <laughs> it's like, I must be a terrible human being because CNN, you know, with their total bullshit, uh, what, what, tells what, me what? that I'm, a, you know, that I'm a, you know, a terrible person. But, but, you know, it is. It feels like so much of this, it's like a psyop. Right, it's psychological warfare. Yes, uh, you know they're trying. No, to, they're that. trying to break our children. They're trying to break our spirits. They're trying to do that. And I guess I mean you guys have been a recipient of that right now. Obviously, we talked about the elections, right? We started mm -hmm. uh, talking about that. We talked about some of the similarities. I saw pictures, and maybe what we have to do is just you know flash some of them up in here. But like, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people showing up. And yet, when you talk about the other side, zero support, zero this. So what, what's going on in the elections? I know you guys actually have sort of, <laughs> and we got, I got to be careful because, you know, again, I don't want you to speak for your father, right? I understand. Sure, sure, sure. He's, he's in America right now. There's sort of threats on, and he's been very quiet throughout this process, different than my yeah. father in the sense that, you because know, in Brazil, things are a little bit different. Well, yeah, I want to talk about that system, right? In Brazil, it's not like, you know, all of the Congress, which you're a part of, but mm -hmm. you know, has to get to get one judge can say, you know what? I don't like what he did. He's in jail. Yes. Yes. Talk, I mean, talk about that because that's scary. I mean, I don't know how you when, function in a system where one person who can be very biased can just decide, you know what? I don't like what he said or didn't say or even that he was present. Uh, your your father's actually been very quiet. It's all really come from the people. I know, I mean, and you saw some of this. I mean, 
there were reporting outlets in the U.S. trying to say that somehow I was behind. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. What like, it's, it's so asinine. But they'll do anything to create a narrative. Talk about that a little bit. Yes, yes. I have, first, I have to be very careful in my words. Not, uh, not because people can misunderstood my words with my father's words. But because in Brazil, in our Supreme Court, they are really powerful. And depending on what I say here, I can feel effects in Brazil. I'll give you one, only one example. I, will, I would like you to imagine something like that happening with a senator like, I don't know, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul. Imagine if you say something and the Supreme Court says, this is anti-democratic. You're not going to take office, you know, and start your work as a senator or as a representative. Mm -hmm. This is happening in Brazil right now. Yeah, and it's not just like the Supreme Court as a body. Where's this debate? I, my understanding you have, is like you have one main, one, guy. One, main, one main justice. His name is Alexandre de Moraes. He is like uh, what happened is he's opening on his opening investigations. He has a federal police crew behind him. So all the orders that he, he is the one who who do the accusation, judge and control the investigation, all in the same the same person. Okay, so is he more power? I mean, is he the de facto president of Brazil? I mean, some people he, say that. Clearly, it, I, I understand my understanding, and you haven't said this, but my understanding is that he's on the left, like quite left. Um, I won't even ask. I'll save you the headache. But I mean, think about it. You have a president, but you have one person on a Supreme Court that can decide to launch investigation. Now, we've had similar, right? We had, you know, Adam Schiff was in charge of our intelligence committee. He lied to the American people for years. You, you guys got to watch even, I imagine, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia got to yes. Brazil. And, and yet, to your point earlier, is if you hear enough of a narrative, well, maybe there's something to it. There, yeah. there must be something. CNN's reporting on it. The FBI said there's something there, even if they leaked it to the New York Times, who writes an article that they used to then use as the justification to start something. So, you know, has, has power sort of shifted to these people? Is, is that sort of, is that man elected? Uh, is he, does he just get appointed that position? And He's appointed he by the president. Uh, it's not even necessary to be a judge. For example, Alexandre de Moraes is not a judge. He was, um, he was, if I'm not wrong, he was a DA. Or he was, I think mean, he was working for governments. He was the... So the people did not put this person in power, but that no, person no, no. can decide... Yes. To destroy your life or throw someone in jail. You know, actually, by, the, by our constitution, he cannot do that. But things are so crazy that he's doing that 100% against our constitution. And there is no way to break him, yeah. to stop with him. I mean, there is a way to stop with him. The Senate in Brazil is responsible to impeach the justice of the Supreme Court. But the, the speaker of the Senate, he never opens, you know, this this process. Well, so I, this I, and I guess that's the problem, right? It's the, you know they they create that sort of power and they say, well, you don't actually have that power. It's like, well, no, it's right here mm -hmm. in the Constitution. Right? Well, you can't do that. And then it's supplemented and aided by the media who say you can't. And then people people yes, run with it because they're getting a warped sense of the reality. Mm -hmm. um, actually, if you start and look technically, I say that Brazil is living now a dictatorship. Yeah, because. Can I speak whatever I want? No, you can't. Do you have people that run away from the country? Yes, you have, for example, journalist Alan dos Santos is here and some other people around uh, abroad of Brazil. We had a congressman, Daniel Silveira, that went to the prison because he made a video talking bad words for the Supreme Court. 
Imagine that, you, you are angry, you get your cell phone and such record a video. I mean, if someone offends you, you go to a court and grab his money, you know? This is what normal people do. But this congressman, he went to the jail for nine months and then he was convicted for nine years in jail. But thanks God, at that time, Bolsonaro, my father, he was a president and he gave the pardon to this congressman. But all, all he did was question. He, no, he, said, he was saying bad words. You are this and that. If you go to the streets, people would do this and that with you, you know? It was disgusting, okay? But if someone do a video like that against me, yeah, I go to the you, court. Yeah, you, you can do, and, and that's sort of the way our system works here. You, you, can, you can be disgusting. Now, there may be social consequences to it. Yes. You, you, you may get canceled. But not go to the prison. Uh, you, you don't go to jail for the rest of your life because you offend someone or use some bad words. Not even nine years. If, he was, if I commit a murder in Brazil, likely I will receive a punishment of less than nine years in jail. Yeah. This guy for words, nine years in jail. Why? Because it's anti-democratic. Well, so, so has that been weaponized? Meaning, is there... I have a feeling that if you said those things, you'd be in trouble. If someone, <laughs> on, if someone on the other side... I, I, I uh, see it, right? No. It's the treatment of you know, me versus Hunter Biden, right? We could do the exact same thing, but the consequence is very different. So is there sort of an unequal justice under the yes. law in Brazil like we're seeing here in the United States right now? 100% like that. 100%. 100%. This is, this is, that, that's why the country is crazy, it's so polarized. And our enemies, they take advantage of that. Yeah. You know, for example, the, I see here like US and China. China is far away, like doing better things, all respect of the American people. For example, if you look for TikTok, what is going on on TikTok in China? What is going on in TikTok in the United States? Yeah. You know that this, this culture war is not something about uh, internet or people talking with each other, you know, yeah. politics. No, it's a, it's a big game that is going on and people sometimes they do not realize that. But yeah, I mean, talk a little bit, because I mean, I'm sort of shocked that the U.S. has taken sort of the position they've taken as it relates to Brazil. I mean, knowing that Lula da Silva, I mean, very pro-China, China's going to get in there, they're going to own, whether it's your agriculture, a huge component of what's going on right now in the world is going to be controlling that agricultural economy. They have billions of people they need to feed. And, but that the U.S. is sort of, oh, no, it's wonderful. They're going to have those relationships. You're supporting the guys that are going to help support literally what I would say would be our largest geopolitical enemy Something's in the world. And it feels like we're contributing to our own demise under the fake guise of, Oh, democracy, because it has nothing to do with it. And Lula, I don't believe, believes in any of those things. I, certainly China doesn't, as evidenced by that. And yet the American press, uh, the Democrats in power, have no interest calling out sort of the lack of democracy in China. You know, it's fine as long as we're getting a widget for one cent cheaper. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if they put the Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps over there and slave labor and all these things, you know. America, corporate America, corporate media, very silent. Mm -hmm. um, and that we would enable them to get that kind of foothold. You see the same in Mexico, by the way, where China's you know, coming in and they can talk about getting into the cellular networks. Of, like That's not going to come over uh, mm -hmm. to the United States in time. We're letting our enemies get a... It's, a it's happening here, U.S. It's happening here. But the difference with Brazil is because it take more time here. Because here you have, a, you have a Republican Party, you have a freedom, at least now, not that much, but you still have, you know, kind of freedom on the internet. You have Heritage Foundation. You have, you know, you have other players and solid tools to fight back against that. Mm -hmm. In Brazil, we have nothing. We have Bolsonaro and the people. Yeah. That's why if you kill Bolsonaro, if you take him out of the game, there is no one, no, there's well, no leadership to come again and, and, and lead this movement. Uh, that's, I think, a big part. I think the same thing with Trump, right? 
There's yes. no one else that inspired sort of the people that way. And if you put all your fire on that person, you take them out. Then the others become afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, my big thing on the show is be, you know, become unafraid. Become uncancelable. But the only way we do that is if we unite. Mm-hmm. Someone like your father who is able to unite those people. And like I said, and numbers like I've probably never seen. And I've seen some pretty impressive stuff in the mm-hmm. U.S. with my father and what he's been able to do. But, you know, you look at the streets of Rio and it's like, oh, my God. And that's a, a city that's going to probably be more liberal than if you took the outskirts. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and is that the idea to take out the guy that's the leaders to de- demoralize the population, uh, make them feel hopeless? You know, yes, 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 yes. For example, when they censorship a congressman like me, all the others will think like, man, if they if the son of the yeah. president, he can't go to the Internet and talk whatever he wants. And by our constitution, I have immunity. I can say whatever I want. In our constitution, I have the Article 51, which says where it's written that yeah. uh, congressmen and senators they can uh, by their opinion, votes and uh, words, whatever. No punishment for them because of that. But if they start to censor me because of that, imagine all the others, you know, regular Correct. citizens. Well, I think that's the idea. You could say what you want, but if they copy what you say, mm-hmm. are they going to jail? They can. They can. Okay, so that's that's actually happening. I mean, we, we saw you know during. And I think the, so the, the if people, if you start to copy what I am saying, yes, 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 yes. So, so there's a, so you have immunity as a congressman. You could be a hundred percent right. If they say it, though, they can be punished severely. Yeah, by our law, it it can happen. It can right, happen so, by our law. So it's we not, saw here, that. here's different. Here is the free speech for everybody. Yeah, but not really, right? Not not. I mean, at least by the constitution, in theory. Yeah, in theory, you know. But again, I think there's sort of that unequal justice under the law. We saw people January 6th. Obviously, violent people. Hey, hey, that there, there's a, there's a line, but there are people on January 6th in the United States that were peaceful. Okay? Yes, they, I'm watching that. You see it. Uh, and actually, one of the interesting things sidebar that I had in my interview with Kevin McCarthy is he's looking. Uh, we, we I didn't even get to it in in the talk because we went for like an hour and I was like, oh crap, we're running out of time. But he was actually saying they're looking for the video because they want to release all the video because there are people that went in jail. I'm watching them. There's velvet ropes. They're staying. They're taking selfies. They don't even know that they're not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Some of those people were in jail. If if you had communications, is the same situation in Brazil? So are, are they jailing your father's supporters, the people who? And again, we, we have to make the yes. distinction. I don't think we can say if you are a violent protester, it's for good cause. We we have to draw a line and have have that sort of level of decency. But are there people that were peaceful that were protesting yes. that were thrown in jail? And when everything happened in Brazil, it was January eighth. Hundreds and hundreds of uh, of people went to the to the police station, you know, to the procedurement. But as you had a bunch of people, it took a couple of days to do that. And during this couple of days, you had like kids inside of this mess. You have like women, old people, like needing going to the hospital and all of that. And my question is: usually, the left wing they protect so much a drug dealer, for example, it would never happen with a drug dealer yeah. or a murder, but it's happening with people that were there, and you are right, like, well, people we, we would never that. expect that something like that would happen, people that were camping in front of yeah. the military headquarters, and they just don't know that things were happening, and now they are facing a process, they are sued in, the, in, a, in a court, some of them, they are in jail nowadays, and it's like Iran, other day I saw news from Iran, like, more than 1,000 people going to the jail, and I said, man, what a mess in Iran, and now it's, what a mess in Brazil. Because, yeah. okay, people who break everything, they riot, yeah, and all that, yeah. we will not defend this kind of people, okay? They have to face a judge and be responsible about, about their behavior. But also a reasonable 
Huh? Yeah, but also a reasonable punishment. And I think we saw yeah. during the, you know, what the media dubbed, you know, the summer of love in 2020, where Antifa burned down cities, mm-hmm. literally took over. I mean, took over blocks of cities, controlled them, destroyed businesses, looting, murder, arson. And they were mostly peaceful protests. Yes. There was, yes. There was literally almost, I'm, I'm not even aware of any consequence. And yet someone on January 6th, two years later, could still be in jail for being peaceful you know, that's what's sort of scary. It's crazy. So, they don't care about the reality, huh? So you know, what would your message be to either Lula or that government about what's going on right now? I mean, because I, I don't know. It's hard for people to have any faith in a system mm-hmm. if this happens. Now, maybe they don't care. I mean, I think the Marxists have made it very clear. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't care what the people really think. If they hold on to the power, uh, it's a problem. But what, what do you say, A, to the people you know, who, who are you know, victims of this right now? And you know, what would you say to an administration that's jailing people for, for protesting? Again, we're, we're, first, we're making the distinction of those who are peaceful. First, we have to expose what is going on. If you, if you don't have a chance to use the cameras or talk with uh, people around you about what really is going on, they'll do whatever they want. So first, first step, they say that we are nazist, fascist, and we are against yeah. black people, poor yeah, Everyone's a Nazi, that. fascist, homophobe, misogynist. Yes. It, it, it doesn't have to because do anything with those things. But Who would protect, who would care about someone like that? So if you don't care about this kind of people, they can do whatever they yes. want. So first thing we have to prove that we are not for sure nazist, fascist, or whatever they say. And we have to clarify that. And one, one other thing that we have to stop to be immediatist. Some people, they want to fix things for, you know, for tomorrow. Yeah. And they, Take it easy, man. Take it easy because the left wing, they're up against big systems. People don't understand that. They think you can get instant, you know, Mm -hmm. they saw it here. Why didn't your dad do this? It's like, well, because he's working against even the Republicans in some cases. You know, why wasn't Mm -hmm. the wall built immediately? Well, because Paul Ryan didn't want to take on the left. He did, you know, he had an easy existence in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. He's weak. Mm -hmm. Weak. You know, you can't have one strong guy and everyone else weak. One person can't move. You need everyone yes. to sort of join that system. So, yeah, that, that sort of expecting immediate results. Sure, we wanted to do these things. We had the ability, but, like, you can't do it alone. Very few people see this thing. They yeah. get the, the game behind the scenes, the politics, articulation, and all of that. They really think that everything depends on one guy, the president. And it's not really like that. And we saw that, how important it was Bolsonaro administration, because he showed it to the people. He exposed the system in Brazil. Because... If it was Lula da Silva doing the same thing, it would never happen, even 10% what happened against Bolsonaro. I mean, what the system made against Bolsonaro, the media, the press, the courts, the Congress sometimes, and all of that. So now you know what is going on. Now you are much more clarified about how to vote, how to campaign. That is not only about politics. You also have to take care about schools. Get your son yeah. and look at the books, what he's having in this school. Oh, but when I see some of the, the material that pe- people send me now, because now that I'm loud and I'm out, I mean, it's, I mean, I saw someone sent me a video last week. Uh, it was about a book in his kid's library. He's five years old. A is for activist. Mm-hmm. I mean, activist, like, you know, A was for like acrobat before, but now it's for activist because mm-hmm. every, every five-year-old, they're trying to grab them, you know, so early. Uh, so yep. it's a hundred percent right. It, it you, you need to get the common sense to everyone. It can't be one person. But like so, so what? Ha- explain your election process and, and what happened because you actually have some things in Brazil 
that are common sense things that we'd like here. Right now, you know, uh, you know, it's almost impossible, I think, win a national election right now in America until we start playing the game of the Democrats. They have a two month long, uh, you know, election day. We have, you know, one day paper about it. So, it, of course, it's crazy. And, you know, the net, but you do have, you know, ID rules, you do have same day voting, you have some of those things, but the election process, still, in your opinion, and that of many Brazilians, is still total nonsense. Explain, explain that in Brazil. So and, how, and was was it stolen? Mm -hmm. How happened in Brazil? Every first Sunday of October, in four and four years, you go vote yeah, for the Congress, for the Senate, for President. So from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m., you have to go by your own on the electoral station and vote. You present your ID with a picture. So it's not any kind of ID. You need you need a picture in ID. You show to the to the worker there, and then you go vote. When you vote in Brazil, you use machines. Then start the problem. Because you use machines, and there is no way to, do, uh, to audit that. Yeah. So how can I make sure that I vote for Bolsonaro and my vote will be counted in the central in Brazilia? Because mm. in Brazilia, they count, they count, uh, they unify so the So it all goes back to a centralized system that then does the tabulation? Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. Kind of that. Okay. So when you finish, at 5 p.m., when you finish and you close the electoral session, this machine prints you know, with uh, the amount of votes of every candidate. So you have there, Jay Bolsonaro, 30 votes, Lula, 10 votes, and the other guys, blah, 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 blah. So what starts to happen in Brazil? You have people saying that, okay, I went to this electoral station. To that I, machine. To that machine, I voted in Bolsonaro, but in the end of the day, you see Bolsonaro zero votes. This is a problem. And how can she prove that she voted in Bolsonaro or whatever? She can't. The maximum that she can do is, ask for the electoral superior court to open an investigation. And they're not going to do anything. Nothing happens. So, so that's like our no, system. Nothing happens, right? No, they hey. censor people that start to talk about the elections. I, I it's remember. forbidden in Brazil to talk about elections. Forbidden. If I start to talk about elections in Brazil, all my social media, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook goes down. 100%. So, so is that mandated by the government or is that mandated by, I mean, are the social media companies, which wouldn't surprise me even a little no, bit, are they is, playing this, game this with is, the government? Was it, well, this person's talking about election fraud. Even if they're saying, hey, this machine, and I guess that's what no, you're this saying. Is, this is up to the Supreme Court. Because in Brazil, the, the, you have two courts. The Supreme Court and the electoral, I would say electoral court, all right? Three of the justices of the Supreme Court, they are part on the electoral court. That's why okay. Alexandre de Moraes is a justice of the Supreme Court, but he's also on the head of the electoral court. Then come the problem. Because here you think you are in a bad situation because the big tech censorship, in Brazil, is not only the big tech, you also have the courts. And he has the power. He gave it to him by himself in a, in a resolution that he signed. So not from the people. The, power the people to didn't do that. vote for this. He's just no, unilaterally no. declaring I am God. Yes, in, yes. In, in elections. Yes. And when, in this resolution that, uh, that he signed, says that he has the power to block, to cancel, and to find people without... The, the, the it's not necessary even an DA or someone asking him to do that, you know? One he's, person. He's the judge, one person, he accused, and he does need a DA, you know, to do, you know, on the other part, asking him to do that. He watch, you know, he see on social media, he does not like this tweet or this post, and he blocked the guy. I, it happened with the most voted congressman in this last election, Nicolas Ferreira. He's and a congressman. Yes. Who was just shut off of. Most of the congressmen of this last election in Brazil. 
So the number one vote getter. So yes. one of the most popular politicians in Brazil was just shut down unilaterally. Yes. But and he doesn't know why. But you know, are the, are the tech companies even... playing along? I mean, the tech companies will say, okay, they no, they're, they're all together. They, this is a very good point, and uh, I would like to invite all the Americans to do a research about that because Meta, you know, the Facebook and Instagram owner, was he, they have a, a how can I say a partnership with the electoral court, so they are working together in all of this role. That doesn't surprise me. This is something me. that maybe your congressman here in the U.S. could ask. You know, sometimes we see on television like Mark Zuckerberg and some people from the, this platform is going to the Senate. And uh, this is a very good question to do to them. Uh, how was the work together with the electoral court? Because clearly they're working together for censorship. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting because it's like one of those things where they have the then ability. No, 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 we're working with the person who's nominated to do this. Yeah. And he says it's, I'm like, yeah, but if it's one person on the other side that has total power, they're judge, jury, and executioner. Yes. You know, it's like those guys get there, they check the box. Everything's great. Everything, yeah. e even, if it's, even if it's total nonsense. So, mm -hmm. so how, I mean, when you talk about the people that said, well, there were zero votes for Bolsonaro from this machine, and yet there's tens of thousands of people that said, no, but we voted here. How, that's why how people prevalent was that? that? That's why people got angry. That's why. There is no answer for this question. I'm talking, I'm talking to you about one of the cases. Yeah. How, 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 how many, like, how, was this something that happened in every district, every area, where they just said, hey, man, it feels weird. I was in line. Everyone had a, a Bolsonaro shirt on. Or They uh, say, they say, they usually they say, it's okay. Probably the, the voter, he misunderstood the process and he, he, did a, he didn't vote for Bolsonaro for some reason. Yeah. But you have a lot of cases like that. For example, you have some, on the north of the country, you have some, uh, some machines where you had zero votes for Bolsonaro and you have more than 50 votes for congressmen candidates of my party. Yeah. Can you imagine that the guy, the guy is voting for Ted Cruz and not for, the, for Trump or I don't know, the for the candidate of the Republican well, Party. We, we, by the way, we saw a lot of that also, which is they're voting right down the Republican ticket, but they they forgot to vote for president, strangely enough. And usually, it's more common the opposite happens. Of course it they is. They vote for president, now, you but know, they then, don't care about... But the, we have a similar process, right, where you sue. Well, you don't have standing. Well, what, you mean the guy that's in the election? Well, you don't have standing now because you should have done it before. It's like, well, how do we do it before if we don't know? You know, those are the games that have been playing. And and so it, it's, it's funny how similar the processes, whether, you know, in Brazil, whether it's the indoctrination of the children, whether it's sort of the push towards, you know, trans. And again, if you're 25 and you want to be trans, if you want to become trans, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. a shit. Go. Yeah. It's probably not your thing, but like, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe it's yours. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I don't care. It's when you're pushing a three-year-old to do it. You know, now, you know, what's, what I've seen interesting, again, the, you have the push for, for Brazil and China and America helping it along. But I think what's perhaps even scarier for me is I'm actually seeing your father's here. Mm -hmm. in, you know, in the United States right now, he's actually in Florida. Um, and I see a lot of, Dem and perhaps there's a fear component of that, right? Going back, I, I'm seeing Democrats that literally want to extradite him back to Brazil yes. to, to face possible prosecution. Now, he's actually been quiet in this process. His supporters yes. have been very loud because they believe... It doesn't matter what he says. If he tweet and such a post, this is all of the left wing they want to involve him in this January 8th thing. Correct. That's why, like... But so he's been silent, but there are still people in America. And I'm watching Democrats. We must extradite him to face prosecution. Well, what did he do? He has supporters that believe Nothing. in him. You have people that, you know, stop believing your, you know, don't believe your lying you know, you, eyes, you, you, right? You know, one of the main accusations What's is that? about genocide because the amount of people that, uh, that died during the pandemic. They want to responsibilize, to, to say that president is responsible for that. 
And then right at the beginning of so the So they pandemic, want to try him for genocide. Yeah. Because of his, <laughs> I mean, that shows you, but... But the fact that there are Democrats in America now calling for him to be extradited, right? We, we have people, everyone gets asylum in the United States. As long as they have no education, they need to be dependent on government. They come across the southern border. It doesn't matter if you're a terrorist. We'll probably give you asylum. Who cares? Mm -hmm. But this is crazy. But we see it. Like someone like him, who could actually probably use it, who understands go, is going back perhaps to a system that would punish him severely for actually staying silent, but just for being uh, mm -hmm. anti uh, you know, this government. Um, you know, and being perhaps a threat to that system because he's popular. You know, we saw the same thing, right? If you were a Cuban refugee coming here a couple months ago when you were actually being shot at by your government, no, no, we don't want that. Because they've had a taste of socialism. Because they've had a taste of the communism, and they're not going to bring it here with them. But if you haven't, and you just need that big government, well, the Democrat Party is wonderful for you, so, so you, you get asylum. I mean, what... A, what do you say? I mean, how do you how do you respond to Democrats here literally a, accusing him of undermining democracy simply for running against, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the socialist talking points? They don't. It's not that they don't have idea what is going on in Brazil. They do have. But for this kind of people, they are so sickness that they just want the power. They don't care about the people. They don't care if in China they are killing. I don't know how many people every year uh, or what is going on. They want to be in power. And they want to do the revolution. What is the revolution? To do a revolution, for example, usually they, uh, I do a comparison between conservatives and uh, and uh, and uh, this kind of people like AOC, one of those of that was asking my father to go back to Brazil. And uh, for example, you have a house. Clearly, the house needs reform. What do we do? Okay, let's do the reforms. Try to change this and that. This kind of people, they want you, you know, to burn out the house and build a new one. And this is the problem because when you do that, you kill a lot of people to see on earth what the, the social engineering that they have in mind. Everywhere, for example, where you had this, you know, Soviet Union, Cuba, China with Mao Zedong, Cambodia, whatever, they kill millions and millions of people to do this revolution. So that's what they are doing right now. That's why they say that you are nazis, because they want to kill you and no one cares about that. They want to censorship you in the first step, but in the second, the third step, who knows? Maybe now you're saying, Eduardo, you're crazy. No one will kill each other, you know? I don't know. No. I would never say a congressman in Brazil would be, like, censored when in our constitution we have an article clearly saying that we can say whatever we want. So things are so crazy that we have to take a break, take a break and think about that. Mm -hmm. It's not all about politics. I mean, the whole Western Hemisphere is under like real danger because of this sickness. I, I think one day you have in the medicine sickness, you know, socialist thinking, mm -hmm. because this is not normal. This is yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. So, you know, we discussed, obviously, you have a sort of very political judge with a lot of power sort of unilaterally, you know, going after, you know, your father, going after conservatives. You know, is, is Brazil lost? Yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, maybe we don't have the answers for, uh, for to, to fix all of the trouble that we have in Brazil. But we still, we are in majority Christians, we are in majority uh, people who care about your country. And I think this is the, the feeling that is necessary to keep moving on. I do, sometimes I look to the Soviet Union at that time for countries that, was, that were under the Soviet Union government. If they would give up, never ever countries like Poland or Hungary 
would be, you know, free from communism. So it will be hard. Hmm. We will suffer a lot. Very bad things will happen. But why you are living? No, why you are you are here on this earth? You think your your life will be 100%, you know, quiet, normal, and good? You will work, take vacations, and do whatever you want? No, yeah. things happen, and you have to be ready for that. I usually say that during calm times is the right time to get ready for tough times in the future. So tough times are coming. Do not scare. Be intelligent. Be smart. Don't. don't that's that's the part we gotta. You know, we have to be together. But we also have to be smart about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I see, you know, looking at Brazil. Uh, you know, I want to talk about you know, the similarities between your father and mine. There's a lot of people that sort of like to make that comparison. I think there's probably quite a few of them. Uh, both have five kids. Both have five kids. <laughs> <laughs> Some kids have gotten rather political. Yeah. You know, you, you've, actually, you, you've actually jumped into that. I just talk shit on the sidelines and, and, and rant that and rant. also very important. Very Listen, important. I, well, I think it's similar, right? There's, if you actually get in the game, Don, when are you going to run? It's like... Honestly, I think I can do more from the outside because I don't have yes. to play by the same rules, right? I, I can sort of make my own rules, and if I say something too that far, again, from your I, you know, they'll probably they try to cancel me every day. Is like, don't don't run, don't run. Yeah, not maybe one day. Who knows, right? But uh-huh. like, but certainly not right now. Um, but that's the big part. You know, we have to get together. We have to understand that. We have to be smart, but we also have to stay in the game. Yes. I mean, it feels like their tactics are designed to demoralize. Right, mm-hmm. a peaceful protester that goes to jail. Someone else sees that. Like, is it worth it? Like, I may not love what's going on, but I also love my life, my family, my job. I want to be able to do what's better for my country. But I don't know that I'm going to jail for it to to just basically have free speech. I think your father, and maybe that's the biggest similarity. But I I, I want to hear your thoughts between your father and mine, which is that they've been able to get people to to step out, people to become political who are otherwise sort of indifferent, people to finally wake up and start seeing what's going on around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've gotten such a visceral reaction from the other side, mm-hmm. driven them so crazy that the other side finally exposes who they really are. Yes. And once you see that, what, who they really are, that's what woke people up. Like, holy shit, they're not, you know, these aren't just... I think this is the main point that connect our fathers. They don't care about the politically correct. They are brave enough to talk the truth like no one before did that. That's why now I, I'm sure that not even living daily the American politics, but I'm sure that Americans are more clarified how it works, you know, the whole system and how unfair they can be against someone that putting risk this whole system. Mm-hmm. This happened with your father and my father, and this is 100% something that connected them. I mean, step out from the politically correct, you know, because they, they don't think and think again, and then they talk. No, they have, they think and straight. Go talking to the people. Good, That's good, good. It's not always good. It's not always good. That's why people connect yeah, with them. No, and people get it because they're like, you know what? That's sort of what I'm thinking. You know, I, I used to get that a lot. I, you know, be on the campaign trail. Hey, Don, have you have you ever thought about you know telling your dad maybe maybe not to tweet? I was like, <laughs> you're you're brilliant. No, I never thought of that. You know, when they call me at four o'clock in the morning, be like, hey, you're getting your ass on TV in about three minutes. Like, what happened now? It's like. I think people also appreciate that they see because it's real. Yes, right? yes, it's it's real. So, so what's going to be your father's legacy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in Brazil? Now, I imagine you know, perhaps like mine, it it may not be over. But you know, what's the legacy of what he's created there? Again, I think we're seeing you know, perhaps mm-hmm. in the world, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and similar to what we've seen here, but perhaps in the world we haven't seen that level of of support from people to come out at risk and knowingly understanding. I mean, you know, it's perhaps it's a little different here. We thought, you know, the Marxist it was, you know, yeah, we'll talk about the Marxists over there. It was real. I mean, you, you've seen real socialism, you've seen real oppression, you've seen, you know, essentially the dictatorships that exist. You know, so those people came out knowing that consequence was there or was real anyway. I think we discovered that, uh, you know, over the last few years. What's that legacy for him? What, you know, what do you think it is? What do you think it wants? he wants it to be? And, and how is he going to shape it into the future? Mm-hmm. I could talk about a lot of things. About, uh, for example, bring water to the northeast of Brazil is a very dry region. I could talk about the cut money for dictatorships as Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua, and some others. Christian actions together, international forums together with Hungary. You have a bunch of things that I would talk about. Uh, The gun control, you know, giving more access to the people to have more guns legally at their homes and reducing the murder rates. But I think the number one in all the legacy of my father, I would say, is the rising up again, again with the feeling of patriotism. Like people going to the streets, wearing, you know, uh, green and the yellow t-shirts and the, the Brazilian flag and all of that, the respect that you, that you rescue again, you know, about your country. I think this is the number one thing because people start yeah. to think, oh, moment, okay, our militaries, they have a mission. Our law enforcement, they are protecting this country with this flag. So you start to get back again the sense of community. Yeah. And you only have good things to talk about nationalism. You know, so I think this is the number one. If I could say the number one thing that my father did, it is rescuing this feeling again. Yeah, you know that, that's sort of interesting to me. Like I said, I, we, we we touched on it in the beginning a little bit, but I never, I never realized that sort of even nationalism in Brazil, love of country, support of country, like you know that's become a four-letter word here in the United States. Here, mm-hmm. like, you you must support, you know, the other country. It's it's almost crazy to me. Uh, I didn't realize that was at risk, even in a place like Brazil. I mean, I think of Brazil, obviously, you think of, you know, soccer and, yeah. and you know, football. I'm we, sorry. We, you know, there's we, only we like say- 9 billion people that call it football, but <laughs> we call it soccer. But, like, you know what I mean? I know, I know, I know. You know, And, like, I didn't realize that that was sort of at risk, even outside of the U.S. Because the U.S., with their woke bullshit, it's gone but so no, far. It's, but not, like, it's not at risk. We didn't have before Bolsonaro. It's, like, sho- it's shocking to me. I mean, I, I, I just assumed everywhere else in the world, you know, the you know they have if you go to Mexico, and you, they're, they're not cheering for, you know, someone else other than Mexico. They still believe in, in that. And I didn't realize that that was at risk outside of the U.S. I just thought we were so, you know, ahead of the curve on the, the progressive woke bullshit agenda that maybe maybe we're the first, but that, that it actually was already, you know, at least somewhat lost mm-hmm. in Brazil or, or no longer cool to support your country with, Still mm-hmm. shocking to me, right? Yeah, uh, I, I didn't realize that was sort of at stake. Yeah, but yes, it's, it's part of the left-wing strategy because they want you know uh, connect the whole globe. I mean, connect. They want to a terrorist from anywhere in the world come here and do whatever he wants, and he thinks that this is cool. So to you connect all the world. For example, you you have in the Latin America, you have on the head of a, a Bolivarian movement, mm-hmm. Nicolas Maduro, the yeah. dictator, the narco dictator of Venezuela. His dream is to connect the whole Latin America, turn the whole Latin America, only one country. They say in Spanish, the Patria Grande is the holy one country of Latin America. Yeah. That's why when they say... Wholly owned and operated by China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, sure, 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 yes. Because like, in all fairness, like, you know, these countries... You know, is the money for them they, China. Got, they have some oil money, but like the reality is they can't feed their people or they don't care enough to do so. Mm-hmm. One could they, argue either. Um, but... 
I mean, that's perhaps the big problem, right? And that's what people aren't aren't seeing is that the reality is all these guys are very at risk to be on the take. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a country like China, you see that all over Africa. They come in, they show up with a briefcase of cash. Now they control all the lithium mines, and it's very wonderful and it's very environmental. Except it's you know modern day slavery happening in terrible environmental conditions, and we're supposed to pretend that this is somehow green uh, you, and you, wonderful. You are right, but the thing is. I'm not saying that you are blaming China, but China is right. They are playing the game oh. and very well. The problem is why United States not doing your homework. I, I, by the way, I, I don't fault China for putting China <laughs> yeah, first. Like, you know, I you fault, I fault them States. for slave yeah. labor. I fault them for the abuses. I fault them for you know the dictatorship. I fault, you can fault them for lots of things. But China cares about China. Yes. They don't care. They'll, they, and guess what? They'll do what it takes to win. They'll pay off who it needs to do it. And we're sitting there pretending like, oh, this is, this is not happening. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. Meaning, I'm not condoning the behavior. I understand it. I don't, I don't know that we need to operate that way. But that we're pretending that we're playing the same game is, mm -hmm. is asinine to me. Yes. And, yes, you know, yes. watching them get a foothold, we, I mean, you know, Africa, they control most of it in terms of at least the rare earth minerals and all the things that we need. And that our own government is trying to pretend and push for the future, right? Whether it's, you know, electric vehicles, the getting away from fossil fuels and all of this stuff. I mean, yeah, that's wonderful. Except there's not enough lithium in the world right now to, to implement your green energy and fuel enough Teslas. And there's certainly uh, not enough for America to do this while China's taking control of all of that. So we're literally making ourselves dependent on those who have made no bones about it, they would love to, you know, they want to be number one, they want to control everything, they're willing to do anything in that way you know, to do that, and we're pretending that these are wonderful people, not calling out, while pushing an agenda that only helps them. Yes. That's scary. And I see the same thing happening in Latin America. Yes, he's 100% right. He's 100% right. In Latin America, like, uh, you have a lot of countries, I'll tell a story that maybe you don't know here. In, I, there, there is a, a Brazilian journalist, his name is Leonardo Coutinho, actually he's living here in the United States. He made a book talking about Hugo Chavez. And one of the chapter, choppers, he was talking a story about the Chinese ambassador in Argentina. He says that uh, when, when, the, when Cristina Kirchner was the president of Argentina, she's a socialist, uh, uh, actually she was convicted by corruption recently. Now she's vice president of, of Argentina. But when she was... <laughs> because who doesn't go to jail for corruption and get a second chance? I mean, why not? It seems totally legit. I mean, isn't it? No, nothing to see here, folks. Just we'll, we'll wave a little shiny object over here and distract you from fucking insanity. Insanity. Yes. But, okay. So Argentina at that time, they had agreement with China. It's something like China, they have a base and they, they explore something about satellites or militaries, oh, whatever, yeah. in Argentina. Okay, okay. They have this agreement and they, the Chinese work there in a base in Argentina. When the new president, Macri, which, which is a center right wing, when he, he, he became president of Argentina, he said to China, okay, I want to check. And by the agreement that we have, I can do that. I have the right to do that. I want you to look what is going on in this base, what you are doing this operation here in Argentina. And the China answered, okay, you can do that. You can go there. So only do not forget that you have this investment of China in your port. You have China investment here, 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 mm -hmm. here. And if you are going to look there, maybe we can think, you know, again about this investment. Yeah. And then the president said, oh, uh, you know, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, you know. You know 
Because in the first moment, maybe you think, oh, it's investment, it's money, money talks, man, it's good, we are capitalists, yeah. we want to generate things. But they're economic hitmen, right? They, they yeah. do that, they get you pregnant, and then now they, they pull the carrot away. And that's yes. what you see that with You have the... some opportunities, but you have some threats. You have to make clear about that when you're going to play this geopolitics role. And uh, I have a question for you. When Bolsonaro became president, you guess for what country this Chinese ambassador from Argentina, what country he went for? Brazil. He went to Brazil. So China, they, they, they really play this game. They, uh, if, if there is something that they are really smart, is this international foreign affairs and job. Well, it's their, they, and again, they're doing what they should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, should yeah, be yeah. playing a similar yeah. game, and we, we should be. But you know, China, they get. If we say something, oh, I can't believe you would threaten our sovereignty. We say, oh, I'm so sorry. They, they're doing <laughs> the exact same thing. But like, if you call them out, they don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, they call you out, and on a world stage, we say, oh, I'm so sorry. We would never do this. It, it's it's ridiculous. But but it is also our fault because yeah. we're too weak to do anything about it. You know, we give yeah. them back money and aid, but we're borrowing trillions of dollars from them that they then control our... Per it's, mm -hmm. it's truly sick. So, listen, we, to finish up, you know, what, what's your message? What's your message to the people of Brazil? You know, how do they, how do they stay involved in these, you know, these difficult times? I mean, when, mm -hmm. when they're up against what they're up against, how, how do they keep that spirit alive that I saw? Like, and again, like I said, mm -hmm. like I saw at at levels perhaps never seen before on a global stage. You know, how do those people, you know, what, what do you say to them? What would your father's message to them be mm -hmm. to, to go forward? Again, maybe we don't have the, the answers how to fix the whole country in a short time. But something that I do believe is we will keep caring about our children, about our family, about our country. And these feelings that move us, that push us forward, it's what is going to be, we win this battle. Be calm. Be calm. Do not get desesperated. The enemies, they also commit mistakes. We know that Brazil is now, we have on our head, again, a criminal convicted. Everybody knows how Lula, who Lula da Silva is and who is together with him. You know, full of people that have problems in the courts and all of that. So they will do their mistakes. You don't have money for everybody. They are criminals. They want money. And Brazil is not in a, in a good shape to give money to everybody. Just like Lula had the opportunity to do in his first and second term. Yeah. So they will yeah. do mistakes. Well, and they will be ready to go against the streets and take him out from the administration. Yeah. Maybe that's, that was supposed to be the last question. But maybe that's something you see that a lot here, right? Mm -hmm. the, the other side buying their votes with money that doesn't really exist. Mm -hmm. Meaning we're going to promise you every entitlement in the world. We're going to give you everything. Hey, vote for me right before an election. We'll give you... It's, we'll, it's we'll happening pay for your now. college it's loans. It's happening now. It's happening now, but where does that money come from? Does it even exist and does it matter? I guess they get the win, the win that they want. They make the promise the next time. They get the people to vote. No one ever gets anything yeah. other than probably you know, depression, poverty, uh, you know, a dictatorship. But when do people wake up to that? Mm -hmm. First, you have to expose that. No, you have to talk with your neighborhoods, with your family, in the internet. And when we have the chance, when everybody feels that now is the time, yes, then we go. Just like happened with the impeachment of the former president Dilma Rousseff. I think it will happen again with Lula da Silva and do not take, take that long. Going back to the electoral promises of the politicians, he said that uh, in Brazil he would pay and a higher salary. We have minimum salary in Brazil for like a minimum wage. Yes, yes. 
and now it's about 100 reals, it's like uh, $25 less than what he promised. He promised that uh, who earn five, who earn $1,000 monthly, they would be released from pay federal taxes. But it's happening the opposite. So in Brazil, if you if you earn like $300 monthly, now you're going to start to pay. It's the opposite what is happening now. So same story again. And yeah. the funny thing is the mainstream media, they don't say that they are doing fake news in the electoral time, you know? In the, during yeah, the, no, it doesn't matter, right? They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they've chosen their sides. We've seen that here. We've seen that all over the world. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to be a leading part of actually mm -hmm. fighting back against that. So, Eduardo, I'd like to thank you so much for thank being you, here, Matt. Thank you. It's really, really awesome. Look forward to it. This guy's a great guy. We've spent a lot of time together. I think we met, I think, nice you like, go to Brazil to hunt and fish there. I know. But last year, I was, I was actually going to go with him fishing in the Amazon, which I really yes. wanted to do, right? That, yeah. that, that was going to be uh, an awesome trip. It was like right when Truth Social was launching and stuff like that. I was like, I can't leave. I, I can't believe it. It's literally a bucket list trip, but we, we got to make that one happen again. Yeah. I have a gift for you. Where's my backpack? Can I get uh, my backpack? Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, <laughs> Hope you like it. Oh, well. Uh, it's okay. They don't have operation well, here. What, what's States. not to like about that? You know? <laughs> Who doesn't want to crap on communism? I, you know, they, uh, 100%. We, we can make this even better. We can put the little, you know, the gold wig on, on, on the dog or, you know, the, the Bolsonaro equivalent. Yeah, yeah. So, Thank you very much. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Eduardo, great to be Thank with you. you. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Hope you learned something from this. It, it means, listen, perhaps the fight is bigger. Uh, than we actually thought. It's not just happening here, it's happening all over the world. But I think as more people get that, as more people understand what we're up against, as more people get involved in the fight because of it, you know, perhaps we actually do bring all freedom-loving, liberty-loving people together to push back against the bullshit. And when we do, we're gonna win. Be unafraid, keep fighting. Guys, thanks so much. I want to thank our sponsors once again, goldco.com forward slash Don Jr. Use that part. Let them know that you're checking them out because you support me, the things that we're doing, but they also have to know that your business or your looks are coming because you're supporting conservatives. They're going out on a limb. They're taking a risk. Let them know where it's coming from so they keep supporting people like myself and people who share our values. The world is in a shady place, feels like 2008 where we're about to hit a wall going a thousand miles an hour. This could be a great hedge against it, but I'll let the experts over at goldco.com forward slash Don Jr. tell you all about it. But go check them out. Support those who share your values. Support those who have the guts to do that in this way. And give your money to companies who aren't going to take it and fund all of the things that hate you like woke corporate America that's taking your hard-earned money and pushing it to fight against your freedoms, your religion, your rights, and everything that you believe in. We've seen that happen. So go check out goldco.com forward slash Don Jr. Uh, I think you'll like it. And stick around. If you guys are on the Locals platform and a subscription member there, I'm going to do some direct Q&A. Uh, I'll switch over there in a minute or so. So get on there, start asking your direct questions. I'll try to answer as many as I can and uh, hopefully we'll get to that. So thanks a lot guys once again for tuning in. You're awesome, having a great time with doing this and uh, look forward to seeing you again soon.